You are out of your mind. I I was I was hiding a a constant erection this entire movie. <laughs> Radio Drone. Welcome to Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Cecil showed up this week. I'm here. Are you queer? I am not queer. <laughs> Peter won't be joining us. He's having internet problems. But if you are queer, you, well, I mean, you don't have to be queer. You can be straight. You can be queer, whatever. Go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free power O-ring, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. That said, we're going to finish talking about the worst sequels of all time. Last week, we ended on Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, so let's pick up with the next one. Now, here's the weird part, Cecil. I know I've seen The Ring 2. I don't remember it at all. I'm looking at the cast and I'm like, Sissy Spacek was in this? Elizabeth Perkins? Gary Cole? I've seen this movie, but I don't remember it. The biggest problem I had with The Ring 2, they, instead of doing follow-up to The Ring, they really cribbed off of another J-horror called Dark Water. The Ring 2 really ends up feeling like more of a remake of Dark Water, even though we already had, well, I, I don't know what the time frame was, but I think we already had the remake of Dark Water. Like, was, is that the one with Jennifer Connelly? Yes, that was the one with Jennifer okay. Connelly. The original Dark Water is, is a great, great scary movie, but uh, then, they, I mean, because they, they focused on all, the, it just, it, it really, it sucked. And I would say it was the worst Ring sequel, but then I just saw Rings, and that is somehow worse. It's even worse. I've been hearing nothing but bad things about that, man. It's so bad. It's like, The Ring 2, it was bad, but at least, like, I was semi-invested in it. The Rings, there's just nothing. Like, it's it's boring. And that is always my biggest thing. It's like, that's the biggest sin a movie can commit, is be boring. Like, because uh, there's just no, once once you lose your audience's attention, there's no getting it back. Well, I want to say that this list is complete bullshit when they list Howling 2, Steerba, Werewolf, Bitch as one of the worst sequels. As we went into in the Howling retrospective, is it a good movie on a critical sense? No. Is it a fun movie in every realistic way? Yes. Fucking normies. <laughs> they like... I mean, there's a bunch of the ones on this where I think they just were stretching because they needed 50 movies. Because there's so many that don't deserve to be on this list. And that's Howling, one of them. Howling that's, 2 is fantastic fun. Oh, it's a ton of fun. I think a lot of people just, they, they forget that. You know, they'll, they'll just look at something on a, on some weird merit scale. It's like, it's just, it's fun. It's goofy. It's entertaining. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. And, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it did it veer, you know, way off from the original one. Yeah. But does that make it a bad movie? No. It's got Reb Brown shooting werewolves with a shotgun while Christopher Lee wears punk rock glasses. Yes, it's got a lot of good... It's got Sybil Danning repeatedly ripping her shirt open. But, okay, my, my bigger question then is, why is this on the list, but New Moon Rising is not? Uh, probably, I have a feeling that uh, maybe the Howl some of the Howling sequels might have monopolized the list. Because there are ones that are bad. And the, was New Moon, Ri was that the, the reboot one? No, no, New Moon well, Rising was the, was the seventh sequel. one. That was the one that, the old West Town. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last um, one in the real franchise. The la yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so well, it's like, how, how is that not on this list? Come on. Yeah, that one was a stinker. But that, you know, I mean, it's it's like the uh, the the Corman and um, uh, Full Moon movies where they kind of get to a point of diminishing returns where uh, they've gone so far out that like the the budgets keep getting smaller and they just keep trying to make the movies and uh, and they end up just getting worse and worse and worse. 
Well, this next one, I know you and I are both going to be in agreement should not be on this list. RoboCop 2. RoboCop 2 should not be anywhere near this list. RoboCop, RoboCop 2, 2 has problems, mainly structural and tonally, but it's a great movie. I wouldn't even say that. I just, I love RoboCop 2. I think it's an excellent movie. I, I don't really, uh, I don't think that uh, there's any major issues with it that uh, really would uh, would get it anywhere near this list. I think the big thing is that it's not, you know, it wasn't directed by Paul Verhoeven, but it was directed by Irvin Kirshner. It's not like it was directed by like some rookie. And I mean, you had the same cast pretty much. It was that dark satire uh, satirical tone and i i love robocop too it's it's a fantastic follow-up well when, when i say structural problems and you know we talked about this in our robocop retrospective i i mean things like it's very episodic for a two and a half hour movie every 15 minutes it starts a new story that then ends 15 minutes later there's only the barest thread of a fl- of a flow through throughout the whole movie you you get from frank miller being a comic book writer it's it's very episodic. It's it's difficult to to see it as a complete film. It's more like a giant pilot for a season of RoboCop. When you watch it, it is very very segmented. That's what I mean about structural problems. I gotcha. I, I guess because I've seen it so many times, and it's all it all just kind of flows well with me. And I've seen incredibly worse, so I still well, I, I think I, it works. I know a lot of people did not like how mean and nihilistic it was because it was way more mean than the first film. And in a way, I appreciated that. But then it became emotionally manipulative when it wanted me to feel bad when Hobbs died. No, movie. No. No, I don't think I don't think it was that so much. I think it was just like, you know, here's this kid who was like kind of realizing, oh, wait. What this is what I've been doing all this time. This this sucks, you know. So I don't know. I think that uh, it. I don't think it was really manipulating you to to feel bad for the kid. I think it was more just the realization of what the kid had been doing to everybody else. Yeah, see, I looked at it the opposite, where he's doing all these evil things, and then, I don't want to die alone, and Robocop holds his hand, and then the music swells like we're supposed to feel bad for Hobbs. Well, then we go on to, I haven't seen this one because I didn't like the first film, Jeepers Creepers 2. I did not like Jeepers Creepers, and I think Victor Silva can die in a f***ing pit of hell. I never saw the second film. Other than it being directed by a pedophile, and I can see from the trailer, lots of shirtless teenage boys and boys in their underwear in it. Disgusting piece of shit. Is it that bad of a movie, since I've never seen this one? Uh, I've only ever seen a little bit of it, and I'm so... It's such a weird thing, because I saw the original Jeepers Creepers, and I liked it. I found... I, you know, found out about Salva, like, it was like, oh, that guy? It, uh, it just really, it tainted the movie. And then, uh, when two came out, I watched like a little bit of it on cable and I just couldn't get past. I'm like, I just can't. It's like this. There are certain things where you can, uh, separate the art from the artist. But like when you're seeing, like you said, you got a lot of, uh, shirtless teenage boys and, and it, that in and of itself, I mean, that's not really an issue, but it's, it's more an issue because you know where the director's coming from. So it, it makes it an issue. I, I, so I can't say whether it's good or bad. And I get so many, pe- uh, out of a lot of things, I have so many people that are like, you know, please do videos on Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2. And I write back and I'm like, I can't, I can't support, you know, uh, this guy. And I can't do these videos without talking about what he did in uh, Dollhouse. Clownhouse? Clownhouse. And people are like, uh, I don't know what you mean. And then I get a response. Oh my God. Like they go and they, they, you know, hit his Wikipedia or something. And they're like, Oh, I, I understand completely. Well, cause now. Th- th- that whole controversy came back up again when he, when he started making Jeepers Creepers three, he was shooting it in Canada. Canada has much stricter pedophile laws even for when you get out of prison the canadian oh. government started hassling him and he was trying to play the victim i did my time fuck you you know what victor silva fuck you yeah i will he... never support a jeepers creepers movie specifically because he's involved that's my thing i probably wouldn't watch the first one if uh if i you know had known ahead of time i mean see like i watched powder and then uh jeepers creepers and then it and that was when it kind of started coming up and it was like oh and then you go back and you look and you're like oh god especially powder it's so like you're like ew like, <laughs> like 
I, I, I remember Powder being expe- very, very uncomfortable with the scene in the boys' locker room where all the teenage boys are in their underwear, and you know the director is a convicted pedophile, and you're like, you know what? No. Just yeah. No. Yeah, because, like, not knowing I'm watching it, and I'm like, all right, you, this is a little awkward, but whatever. And then you find out, it's like, oh, dear. Let's move from pedophiles to prequels. This one technically is not a sequel. It's a prequel. Dumb and Dumberer when Harry met Lloyd. Now, I don't. I wouldn't say this deserves to be on this list because Dumb and Dumber Two was way worse. I actually laughed at a few parts in Dumb and Dumberer, and I'll be honest, the 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 guy they got to play, I, I think it's I think it's Aaron Christian Eric Christian Eric Olsen, Christian Olsen to play Lloyd. He is fantastic as a young Jim Carrey. He was brilliant casting, and I got to see Mimi Rogers' two enormous talents in a bikini making out with a teenage girl. So that's points for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was really all that bad. And like you said, Eric Christian Olsen, which is really funny because he is like a really like handsome guy. They did a very good job of giving him like the goofy haircut and making him look, you know, um, how Jim Carrey looked in the original. And, uh, I, I think that, um, it may have been a shameless movie to do because they wanted to do the sequel. You know, they wanted to make another Dumb and Dumber, but at the time, Jim Carrey didn't want to make one. And so they really forged ahead with another cast, which is always not really a, a not really the best idea, but it worked. It was funny. Like, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't one of the best comedies ever, but it's like you. It's light years I, above Dumb and Dumber 2, though. Yeah, I, I laughed a few times. I've seen far worse. Such as Teen Wolf 2, where oh we can't boy. get Michael J. Fox, let's get Jason Bateman. Now, I'm not a fan of, of the first Teen Wolf. I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I'm just not a fan of it. Teen Wolf 2 was unbearable. I remember catching this on on cable one night, and I had to force myself to continue watching it. Teen Wolf 2 was really bad. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it. 1987, and it's Teen Wolf T-O-O. How clever. Yeah, all that typical nonsense. I always love that stuff. Well, then we move on to, I thought Fletch was a great movie. I remember Fletch Lives being painfully unfunny. I don't know if it was Chevy Chase's timing was off, if it was the writing, but I remember Fletch Lives from 1989 just missing the, just missing the point of the first 1985 Fletch. Fletch Lives. It, it had a couple of moments that made you think back to the first one, but like, yeah, it did not have the clever, uh, the cleverness of the first one. The timing just wasn't there. Yeah, it really just, it didn't work. Like, I, I didn't hate it. It just, it wasn't quite that spitfire that the first one was. It felt like, it felt like a sequel that they were doing because the first one did so well, but they really didn't want to do a sequel. Just like The Rage, Carrie 2. I remember thinking, this is not a sequel. This is a really bad angsty remake. Now, I haven't seen it since it first came out in 99. I remember it basically being the exact same movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty close. I haven't seen it since 99. Uh, I remember liking it, like thinking it was, like, you know, not saying there was anything great, but I remember thinking it was okay. And uh, I think that uh, if if memory serves, I think that they didn't make it as religious as the the first one was they didn't really do the religious angle quite as much they they played up her uh, telekinetic powers a little bit more so like some of the kids died in more elaborate ways instead of just the the big finale yeah it definitely was sequel you know a, a uh, what what are they call the the a soft reboot you know it's 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 supposed to be a sequel but it's really a reboot so it's uh i think it's okay i thought the girl that did it was uh uh emily burgle i don't know how you pronounce it i thought she like did a good job in the role at least and cat shea directing i thought that it at least looked decent yeah it was it was just very much uh a carbon copy of the first one as far as the uh, the entire structure with with the exception of uh some of the religious stuff of the Stephen King reboot, soft reboot sequels of this era, I gotta say, rather than Rage Carry 2, I actually liked Firestarter Rekindled. Remember that four-hour sci-fi channel miniseries? Oh, yeah. Well, I really liked, um, oh, I'm totally blanking on her name, but the girl who they got to play, you know, grown-up Drew Barrymore, I thought she handled it. She was a large part of why I enjoyed it. I thought that she did a very good job that. And uh, Dennis Hopper thing- as a psychic? Come on. Dennis Hopper is a psychic and wasn't, um, 
God. Malcolm McDowell was the villain. Thank you. Malcolm, I was trying to totally blanking. Malcolm, I knew there was a big name in there. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell was the villain, and I liked it. I thought that uh, it did not get uh, – it, it got really uh, trashed. And it was good. Pretty sure that that was a backdoor pilot, too. Oh, yeah. That was one of my problems. The only real problem I had with it, other than some of the special effects being very TV, I, I, I started to think by, like, the third hour, this is an X-Men movie. You've got mm, you've yeah. got the psychic leader. You have the berserker, hairy guy. You've got the guy, with the, the kid that can shoot out of his eyes. You've got, you know, you've got the telekinetic. You've got the, the one with the banshee scream. I'm like, the Sci-Fi Channel's trying to make a Stephen King X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. I know you liked the Piranha remake. I did not. And I never bothered to even see 3DD. Okay, if you didn't like the first one, then you made the right choice of not watching this one. I liked it, but it's stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. But I enjoyed the shit out of it. I thought that uh, uh, it was just a lot of really, really bad, uh, intentionally bad 3D stuff. Just It was just fun. It, like, I, I laugh a lot. There was a, a lot of stuff with uh, with Hasselhoff and uh, just the, the way that the, the piranhas were eating people. And it's stupid, but it, I, I thought it was funny. Well, nobody was laughing, although they weren't supposed to, in 1990 when Jack Nicholson both wrote and directed and starred in the sequel to Chinatown, The Two Jakes. Now, I haven't seen this movie in 25 years. I remember it obviously not being as good as Chinatown, but I don't remember it being a bad movie. It it was just completely destroyed by the critics, and I'm like, okay, yes, it's not as good as Chinatown, but it's not a bad movie either. So then we go on to a movie, I've, I don't think I've even seen the first film, let alone the sequel, National Lampoon's Van Wilder, The Rise of Taj, 2006. Okay, the first Van Wilder is really funny, like genuinely a good, funny movie. Isn't it Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, it was Ryan Reynolds, and it was Ryan Reynolds, like, that was the movie that really put him on the map, because he was being that that spitfire, just funny, constantly talking, like, really, really clever, and uh, it's it's a funny-ass movie, it's genuinely good. Taj was, uh, like, he, he had needed an assistant in the movie, so he hired, you know, uh, Taj, and, and Taj was Cal Penn, and, uh, his character ended up being really good. And then at the end of Van Wilder, Van, the whole point of Van Wilder was that he needed to graduate. So at the end of Van Wilder, he graduated, and Cal Penn, I believe, was a, uh, he was his first year student, so now he was going on to his second year. So he kind of took over for Van Wilder, because Van Wilder had all these things in place that he did because he was in college for like 10 years or something he took over and it was funny like i mean it wasn't it, it wasn't as good as van wilder but it still had a lot of crass humor and it had uh as as i had found out because of the picture i did, it had lauren cohen and she's using her like real accent in the movie and i was back you know pre walking dead so i had no idea who she was i just thought that she was the, the pretty girl that was in this movie and now i go back and look and i'm like oh my god it was it was lauren cohen all the way back <laughs> Back, uh, ten years ago, and uh, and it's speaking crazy. with her British, speaking with her British accent, speaking with her British accent, which oh my god, dude, it is. I went back and watched like the. Tra I'm like, I gotta see this. I went and watched the trailer, and I hear her voice, and I'm like, oh my god, her voice is awesome. But uh, it's it's good. Like I actually, I I very very highly recommend Van Wilder. And then if you end up liking Van Wilder, then I think that uh, Rise of Taj actually has a lot of like good follow up jokes. It's not as good as the first movie, but I think that it's like one of the better direct to video sequels. Well, you know what's not, even though it's not direct to video, Transformers to Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. As a guy who hated the first film. I didn't even see this one in the theater. I rented it, and I nearly walked out when my son was watching this with me. A after the two racist twins and Shia LaBeouf. No, 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 For the entire f***ing film, and just all the whip pans and the CGI, all these just components everywhere, and I don't know what the hell's happening. I was like, this is the definition of a horrendous piece of shit sequel. Oh, God, I, I forgot about the Ghetto Bots. They were the skids and mud flap. Uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen seriously is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I've seen thousands of movies. The thing that 
I had found out, you know, after the movie came out, and what a lot of people have, have since discovered, or the movie was started during the writer's strike. So they had no script. So what they did was they went out and they got the special effects guys to film a whole bunch of action sequences. And then after the writer's strike was done, they went to the writers and they said, okay, look, here's what we've shot so far. Make it work. And that's why at one point they're in like Washington and then they warp to Egypt. It, it's it's one of the most disjointed movies I've ever seen. It's irritating, overly CGI'd, like everything just looks so fake. I just hated it. It's even with riff tracks, it's it's hard to watch because it's and you and I so you, long. Cecil, you and I have defended Michael Bay on many occasions. This is one where I cannot. No, I won't defend him on any of the Transformers movies. I still think that he is a very good director, but for some reason with the Transformers movies, I don't know what he's what happens. But for some reason with the Transformers movies, it's like he's just making like he just ends up making shit. Like they've all been bad. This now, definitely is the worst though. Now, did you like Triple X? Yeah, I, I thought it was silly, but it was fun. Oh my god, the new one is a live-action cartoon. It's hilarious. I worked at a movie theater when the first Triple X came out, so I saw it numerous times in the theater. I think the first 45 minutes to out to the first hour of the first Triple X are pretty good. Then it just becomes a live-action cartoon in the second half of the movie. I never even gave Triple X State of the Union, the Ice Cube one, I never even gave that one a chance. Did you? I did, and it's funny because, like, in the first movie and in the third movie, I mean, you've got Vin Diesel, who is jacked. I mean, he is just, like, the. I mean, he, you have no problem believing that he's this, like, badass, extreme sports guy that's going to go out and save the world, so to speak. But then you, they bring in Ice Cube. He's fat! He's doughy. He's doughy. And like, I'm like, all right, look, I'm sure that a lot of people are going to get, would get their ass beat, but like, he's running off the sides of buildings and flipping and kicking and, and doing all the, and I'm like, he would be so winded right now. <laughs> yeah. Give, give me a minute. Give me, I'll go come over there and whoop your ass. So like that. I mean, I'm not real. Like, I think Ice Cube is better in comedies. Like, I like, you know, the Friday movies and stuff. And I think that he just has a better, uh, he just appeals better in that. But in an action movie, uh, it didn't work. Well, we were speaking of Vin Diesel. F*** you list. Chronicles of Riddick is awesome. That should not be on a worst sequels list. Sure. I loved Chronicles of Riddick. Well, okay. I loved the non-enhanced cut. All that crap with the Furian woman and the handprint is stupid as shit, but the, the theatrical cut was great. Yeah, this, the Chronicles of Riddick should be nowhere near this list. Even the, even if they were gonna say the, the enhanced version, it still doesn't deserve to be anywhere near this list. Chronicles of Riddick is awesome. They're, they're stupid. Okay, well, but then they redeem themselves with Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. I remember despising this movie when it came out in 95. I thought I saw it, but I don't I don't know if I've actually seen it. I think I might have seen the third one, which is the one with um with uh um the girl who used to be on Baywatch. It's I mean the first one I, I love. The first one I think is great. And then uh yeah. <laughs> it's not that good. Well, and then we go to now, now I w I know I'm on the outs here. I was not a fan of the original Jurassic Park. It oh. just never wowed me. I, I mean I don't hate it, but I do not like that movie. It doesn't doesn't do anything for me. I just remember The Lost World being really, really bad, though. I love the first Jurassic Park. I think it is a phenomenal movie. But you also Jurassic... like the third one, though. Well, yeah, but not on the same level as the first one. I, I love the first one. Alan. Alan. Oh, for five... it was a dream sequence. It was like a five-second part of the movie. Calm down. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like in this where the the freaking daughter does gymnastics to to kick the raptor out the window. It was horrible. The whole the like. They, they get the T-Rex, like, goes in the middle of town and runs around and they manage to chase it back to the, uh, back to the, uh, the, the boat, but it doesn't, like, really, the, the worst thing it does is, like, eat the dog. Like, it doesn't knock over any buildings. Ah, oh, it's just, it was terrible. It was just so bad. I obviously, the original 1980 Blue Lagoon is not my kind of movie. I remember seeing Return to the Blue Lagoon and just laughing. And it's not a comedy. 
I remember Mila Jalavovich being so out of her depth. I know this is one of her first films. I still don't think she's a good actress today. Her eyes are dead in this movie. She looks like she's struggling so hard to remember her dialogue half the time. She's embarrassing in Return to Blue Lagoon, man. You are out of your mind. I I was I was hiding a a constant erection this entire movie. <laughs> oh my god, this thing is such a neutered PG-13 tease movie, man. She was so goddamn sexy in that. I'm not talking about her sexy. She can't act. She can act fine. You got like nipple slips every now and then because it was, uh, you know, it was still 1991 PG-13. They did, uh, they, they, I think if they had gone R, they might have been able to push it a little bit further. Because really, it's it's very similar to the original Blue Lagoon. It's kind of the, I mean, like, very, very similar story, very similar beats. But uh, I like this a lot better simply be, like because it was Mila Jovovich. So, like, it will get a pass from me every single time. I don't care, Mila. All right, well, now, we discussed this one in our full retrospective. Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, is pretty damn bad honestly it's a really poor follow-up although weirdly enough more people seem to hate poltergeist 3 which all of us agreed is actually a pretty good sequel yeah it's kind of funny with that like i've noticed that recently because uh uh, shout factory or scream factory they put you know poltergeist 2 and 3 out you have all these people that are like you know poltergeist 2 is worth revisiting but don't bother with 3 and i'm like why not like Wait, three has some really good ideas in it. Three had some really good ideas in it, and it like I it just I mean I I think that they're both worth revisiting, but uh, I think that uh, three is uh, is definitely the better of the two of them. You know what what do we know? We're only film fans, right? Right. I'm divided on this next one, Exorcist Two: The Heretic. Now here's here's why I'm divided. The movie is god-awful, and it's a god-awful follow-up to the original 1973 Exorcist. But, Exorcist to the Heretic is one of the most gorgeous films I have ever seen in my entire life. The cinematography, the lighting, the camera movement, the sets, this movie is so gorgeous! Almost forgive how terrible the content actually is. I have not seen it in so long. I don't really remember much of anything about it. And I'd like it's to read this. It's beautiful. Take my word for it. It's gorgeously shot. They just forgot to write the damn thing. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to go back and check out, uh, you know, I want to run through all the Exorcist movies. And, oh, tr- uh, um, trust me, for Halloween, we'll be doing that this year. Oh, well, then there we go. And I can just we'll, wait we'll, a be, bit. we'll be doing that later this year, all of them, and unfortunately, at least the pilot of the TV series. Well, then we go to, I haven't seen this one. I liked the original Wall Street. Never bothered with the 2010 Money Never Sleeps. Possibly because revisiting a film 30 years later is never a good idea. But also, I really don't like Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf! No, 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 no! Yeah, I avoided it. I, I could give a shit. Here's something we talked about a while ago when they first announced the X-Files coming back to TV. We discussed how the X-Files was very much encompassing the zeitgeist of the early 1990s and how it kind of lost its cultural relevance by the late 1990s. The first, you know, Fight the Future movie was not good. It had good moments in it, but it was not a good movie. I Want to Believe from 2008 was downright embarrassingly bad. All right, you're you're mad. Fight the Future was good. I liked Fight the Future a lot. I want to believe, uh, I, I should call it the I want to revisit. Cause, um, I, at the time when I saw it, I had, like, it had been a while since I watched anything X-Files related. And so kind of coming into it, like, so removed from the series, I kind of felt like I was coming into, like, the middle of, like, a, a show, like, and trying to figure things out. So I, I think that it was kind of a mess. But I am more than happy to give it another shot. I really, really want to check it out again. Now, this next one, I don't like, but I know you do. So, does The Fly 2 deserve to be on this list? Because personally, I didn't like the original Cronenberg Fly, and this one just did nothing for me. This absolutely does not deserve to be on here, because I liked that they managed to be able to do uh, a sequel to the original one, but do things like fresh, do it innovative. They were creative about it and uh, they didn't just redo the first movie. So, I mean, it had parts 
that were similar, but uh, it was different. I mean, they still had these really awesome practical effects. They had the thing with the dog, which is just heartbreaking, and uh, like some really amazing set pieces in this that uh, just were were great. And I mean, I love the fly too. I mean, is it as good as the the original Cronenberg one? Well, no, but like, there's a lot of good going on here. And I think that um, it just it got thrown under the bus because it's like, oh well, you know, it's it's not Cronenberg and it's not you know, it doesn't have the Oscar winning special effects. And I'm like, the effects are still amazing in this. Like it's it's a is a like it's not even like a bad movie. This is just a damn good movie. Okay, well you mentioned when we were talking about Ice Cube Friday. I I, I didn't I didn't hate Friday, but I didn't like the movie. Never bothered to see next Friday in two thousand. It's all right. I mean, it's um no, it's I. It's I. <laughs> the first one I think is is like genuinely funny, and it's a movie that I didn't expect to like. Kind of like House Party. Like I didn't think I was gonna like House Party, and I thought House Party was funny. So Friday, I didn't think I was gonna like, but Friday was funny, and uh, it uh, it's. I mean, a lot of the cast is really good, and uh, it even has Chris Tucker, who I can't stand, but uh, I don't know if he came back for the second one. He was in the first one, and he was like... He's not uh, on the cast list. Are you thinking about Mike Epps, maybe, instead? Maybe. I don't remember, because, it's again, it's been a while since I've seen the second one, because I just would watch the first one. You know, Chris Tucker, I, I can't stand him, but he, he worked in the first one. But every other movie I've seen him in, he's basically just trying to recapture that whole thing with the first movie, and he was annoying. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not good. But uh, it's... Um, I remember it being like okay. I remember it being not as funny, and I've only like seen it once. So when the Harrison Ford's Fugitive came out, I remember watching the old TV show with my mom growing up, and I remember that movie. It not being a great movie, but it was a decent movie. But easily, and I'm not saying Harrison Ford did a bad job. Okay, that movie was stolen by Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones owned that Fugitive movie. So it's not a surprise they gave him a spinoff sequel of U.S. Marshals. But I remember kind of going, all right, now we know his character doesn't work on his own, though. Because I remember U.S. Marshals being, frankly, boring. I thought it was okay. I thought it had uh, – my biggest problem with U.S. Marshals was that it was the same movie. You know, uh, instead of – It was just Wesley Snipes this time. Yeah, it was Wesley Snipes, and it wasn't the one-armed man, but Wesley Snipes got framed – Tommy Lee Jones. He even has a similar, like, I want to search every doghouse, hen house, outhouse. Like, he had a very similar speech in this one. And there was also a big sequence where, um, like, in the first one, in The Fugitive, where Harrison Ford jumped off of the waterfall. In this, there was a very, I don't remember what it was, but I just remember there being similar sequence in that where he he like jumped away or he got away just in time and it was uh it was very or was there an explosion or something it was really 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 similar so it's uh i didn't think it was like a terrible movie but it's like if you watch the fugitive and then if you watched uh u.s marshals you're like wow these are the same movie pretty much i don't know if i can say that for weekend at bernie's too I never gave this one a try. On a conceptual level, I'm just going, how does this even work, considering the first film? I can explain how the second one works. Voodoo. It's really stupid. When we come to our next one, I never saw this sequel, but this has one of the dumbest titles. Okay, if I hadn't seen A Haunting in Connecticut, Ghosts of Alabama, or Mississippi, or whatever that sequel was that literally changes the state in its own title... The Last Exorcism Part 2. I thought The Last Exorcism was The Last Exorcism. How is there a Part 2? F*** you. Well, you know, it's like any, you know, final, at last, you know, any movie that has that in there, they're going to throw the thing in. So it, uh, I, I only saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one, so I can't say. But I wasn't crazy about the first one, so that's why I didn't really watch the second one. I remember seeing The Sting 2 in 83. I, I I think I saw it before I saw the original Sting, so maybe that's why I didn't like it. But the fact that it makes lots of worse sequel lists leads me to believe, no, it just wasn't a good movie. I wasn't a big fan of Young Guns. I'll admit, I really liked Young Guns, too. I liked I liked the Christian Slater, and Lou Diamond Phillips was badass in this, and Kiefer, and you got Balthazar Getty, and Vigo Mortensen, and William Peterson, and I remember Bon Jovi gets killed in it, and I just actually remember Young Guns, too, being decent. Am I weird? 
No, I liked uh, I liked Young Guns uh, one and two, and I'm not really even crazy about westerns. I uh, I think they're they're enjoyable. I mean, I don't go out of my way to you know I watched them both once and liked them, and that's about it for me. You know what movie I grew up watching, and I knew it wasn't as good as the original. I remember enjoying it as a kid, and then I watched it again before I did a projection booth on Conan the Barbarian with Mike White. Conan the Destroyer is way worse than I remember it being. <laughs> My God, everything in Conan the Destroyer is wrong. The tone, the humor, the violence, the special effects, the acting, the characters. This was a complete, you know what, F*** that first movie. I had seen Conan the Destroyer repeatedly before I saw the original Conan. So I, I have – I, I mean, yes, the original Conan is the superior movie, but I have a soft spot for Conan the Destroyer. I mean, the cast – you got Will Chamberlain, Grace Jones, Mako, Olivia Dabo, uh, you know. Art. I, I actually thought I actually thought Grace Jones was the most grating thing of this. Even with, you know, his, his weird sidekick character, quote, comic relief, Grace Jones, who I don't think is bad in everything. She's been fantastic in some roles. She was grating on me. I couldn't believe how much I fucking hated her character in this movie. I don't know. I got a soft spot for Grace Jones. She's there's just something weird about her. The special effects are so bad. bad. There, oh, that there monster is no, at the end with the with the Halloween mask on. The, the, yeah, the mirror monster. You can literally see where the mask ends and the actor's neck begins. And I'm like, come on, guys! You had like twenty million dollars. Yeah, I think what the hell happened? I think fifteen of it went to Arnold. (laughs) Maybe because it was like, yeah, this was really, really bad. I remember the effects just pissing me off. And then I'm not a fan of the Taken movies. To I'm not a fan of the first Taken. Never saw any of the sequels. Taken two. Uh, Taken one, I love. I think Taken one is, or just Taken is, uh, is great. I love that movie, and uh, that made my wife fall in love with Liam Neeson. Taken two, I like parts of it. But it really, again, um, like a lot of these ones, it was kind of the same movie. Yeah, it was like it had uh, wasn't it rushed out? I, I pretty much because the the first one they didn't really anticipate being a hit. They put it in in January. And it was a dump, and then uh, they were like, "Oh crap." It did really well. We need to do a sequel. So yeah, they really, really rushed the second one out. It just was not anywhere near as good. It was, it was okay. Taken, but coming off of how, I know you didn't like it, but coming off of how awesome the first one was, and this one was just kind of like weak. Again, did not like the original, but honey, honey, I shrunk the kids. Didn't do anything for me. I was too old at the time it came out. It was not my kind of movie, but I do remember catching honey, I blew up the kid on cable once and went what the fuck was that uh i love honey i shrunk the kids i i just i really think that uh it uh, it's funny it's clever the effects are great i just i really really love the first movie and i have never had any desire to see honey i blew up the kid We'll be doing a Police Academy retrospective. I said it last year, but hopefully this year we'll get around to it. Police Academy 2 is on this list. First of all, it's the best of all of the Police Academy sequels, but really, 2 is on this list? But 6 and 7 are not? They probably never got past 2. 2 is actually funny, and you know what? 2 is a 1985 PG-13. I rewatched this about a year and a half ago. I couldn't believe how graphic... This was for a PG-13 movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, the Police Academy movies in general were all, like, fairly, uh, like, racy. You know, even when they went to PG-13. I mean, they later got... Uh... Well, this was the only PG-13 one. After that, they're all PG. Oh, they were... Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, this was the... The first one well, the was first R, one was the R. second one was PG-13, and then all the rest were PG. I mean, uh, I, I like it. I think that... Uh, I, I have a soft spot for all the, the Police Academy movies, they're they're stupid and they're funny and I don't know I I, I enjoy uh, that kind of humor. I, I just I don't understand how to you know it's it's like with the howling. If you guys have noticed on this list, which we're going from complex.com, every one of the sequels they list are the more mainstream ones. I bet whoever compiled this list would go. There are more howling movies after two. There's more police academy films. Yeah. There are, and they're way worse than the ones you listed. Yeah, they're so worse. Like, they're so bad, even Steve Gutenberg left. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg was too good for the sequels. 
And well, and we talked about this last week. They put Clerks 2 on here. Just f*** yourself. Like, yeah, Clerks, I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but it was a really enjoyable film. It is a fantastic follow-up to, like, a very, very, very famous cult movie. Like, putting, doing a sequel to that was hard, and I think that he managed to pull it off really well. See, what I'm wondering is, why are some real honest bad sequels not on this? Like, Nightmare on Elm Street Part, whatever New Nightmare is, is that seven? That was terrible. Might have been six. Yeah, New Nightmare was terrible. No, 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 because six is the one with the uh, 3D at the end. That's the one where Alice Cooper's is Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. So New Nightmare must be seven seven. then. Because New Nightmare was god-awful. And where is Highlander 2? I don't remember Highlander 2 being on this list. Highlander 2 should not be on this list unless Highlander the source is. Uh, well, I mean, look, we're talking, cause I had a few people that, uh, were like, how come you guys didn't talk about Highlander 2? And I'm like, well, we were going over just a list, you know, using that as a structure. And I said, and honestly, we've badmouthed Highlander 2 quite a few times over the years. So, uh. But at least Highlander 2 looks great. Highlander 2 does look great, but story-wise, it's just such a disaster. There are so many ridiculously bad sequels, like, have you ever seen Extro 3? Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's horrible. The, well, the thing is, again, as I said a while ago, this is a list for normies. This is a bunch of mainstream movies, and then the mainstream movies had the direct-to-video sequel. So that's as far as they got. They were like, oh, well, Howling, you know, is a, is a classic horror film. Well, here's the sequel, you know, the direct-to-video sequel, and it's obviously terrible. Instead of going down the list and going like, oh, God, well, you know, really, two is bad, but seven, well, you know, bad, quote-unquote, but seven is the one that's really bad, you know, they're going to hit all the uh, – because, the th- I mean, if you look at this, it's all, like, the immediate sequel. It's all – it's Almost all of them are part twos. Hills Have Eyes, part two. Too Fast, Too Furious. Blues Brothers 2000. Grease 2. It, Hills Have Eyes 2. It's all the second one. They never got past the second one. When a lot of times with a lot of sequels, like, uh, the the second one is is never the – Any horror any horror franchise that goes past three, they're probably – t- any direct-to-video horror franchise, like, I dare you to sit through any of the later witchcraft movies. They're They're porn. They're, they're borderline porn at that point. I remember I put And on, they're not even good porn though. Oh, they're bad, bad porn. Like, I remember, uh, I put one on and, uh, I, cause I thought it was, uh, I'm like, uh, I'm flipping channels and I'm like, oh, there's, uh, I don't remember her name, but there was like some girl who I'd seen in like a bunch of softcore movies. And I'm like, oh, she's in, in, what is this, a heart? What is it? I'm like, Oh God! This is this is this is softcore porn. It's supposed to be like like a witchcraft movie. I mean, they weren't even like uh, they they weren't even trying to hide it. There was a scene where uh, the girl was walking down the road. I think it might have been Witchcraft Six, and she's walking down the road, and she had just escaped from a hospital, and she's wearing like the hospital gown, so it's open in the back, and all you see is her ass, and she's walking down the street in slow motion, and this dude is walking behind her, and he's hypnotized by her ass. I'm like, this is funny, but this is also terrible. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest about this. Why is American Werewolf in Paris not on this list? I, I that movie was okay. I, I kind of like no, it. No, I, I think the Howling is a better film, but I, I do really like American Werewolf in London. Paris was a goddamn hate f- to that movie. That was an insult. Well, I think the thing with with Paris was that it was the the tip it was what happened and still happening they filmed it with practical effects and somebody in the special effects or somebody in the studio was like oh my god dude cgi and then they went in and they did uh the werewolf cgi horrible cgi and they looked bad i mean i i've seen uh i have one of the imports and it has uh some additional scenes on there where uh there was the werewolves that were not cg it looks good and it's like why didn't you do this movie because it would have been like i still think that it wouldn't have held up as much as the original anywhere near the original but i think that in general it probably would have been appreciated a little bit better but again where 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 are transfers four and five on this list transfers four and five are unwatchably bad i don't even count six as a real transfers movie otherwise i'd say that one too well again you know you're you're thinking that the the people uh, have even heard of transfers you know the first three transfers are really good oh the first three transfers are fantastic but i'm saying that the guy that wrote this list he ne- he probably doesn't even know who tim thomerson is 
That that is sad because it just there are truly bad sequels out there. And this list, one of the reasons I used it was it shows the the, the disconnect between not only how many of these that we said no, screw you, these this was a good sequel. It's so arguably mainstream. I mean, even even though things like like uh, like the Howling Two and that aren't necessarily mainstream movies, they're mainstream enough that the franchise is known out there. We should actually put together some list of real bad sequels from the exploitation sci-fi world, like Carnosaur Three. <laughs> yeah, I think we could we should do that because we could come up with some genuinely bad movies. I mean, like Extro Three and Carnosaur Three. Death Race, Death Race Twenty Fifty. I have not seen it yet, but I I have not been hearing good things. Phantasm Ravager deserves to be on this list. I have Phantasm such- Ravager was that movie. There's no way it cost $300,000. That movie cost $30,000 and the rest went into Coscarelli's pocket. Because I have seen movies with a quarter of that budget not look like a goddamn YouTube video. That whole movie looked like a YouTube video. Next week, we're going to look at the best sequels ever made. We're going to be making our list for the best sequels. Because there are movies I'm looking forward to. Like, I'm cautiously optimistic that Blade Runner 2 is going to be good. Sorry. Blade Runner 2049. I'm cautiously optimistic that that's going to be good. The real, the realist in me is going, probably going to hate it though. I think, I don't know. There's a part of me that I, I think I'm probably just going to avoid it. I really, I can't see how they're going to be able to, uh, to just recapture the original one. That one's, that's too, like there's been movies where like, like, um, like with Independence Day, there was, there was a distance between it, but it's like the first one. That's a bad sequel too, yeah. Oh, it was a terrible sequel. But the thing was, I love, like the original one, I love, I think it's a fun, big, explodey movie. So when they, they did the sequel to that, it's not like one of the most like important, I guess you could say films. Uh, but to be fair, it's not 1996 anymore. They made that sequel as if it were still 1996 when it was going to be coming out. Right, but that's the thing, which, like, it, it might have worked in 1996, but now it doesn't. And it just comes off just really bad. And I was, I, I didn't hate it, but it was just very disappointing because it was so many uh, just bad, cliched moments. And, uh, you really. They couldn't even get a good Hemsworth, for God's sake. Yeah, they couldn't even get the, the good Hemsworth. They got they got the the faux Hemsworth. They got his brother. You, I mean, c- come on, that's the equivalent of getting Frank Stallone to star in the Rocky reboot. Right there, you go. Couldn't so even on get that Thor. note, what's wrong with you? Are you Thor? No, but I will be tomorrow. On that note, where can we find Cecil? You can find me at uh, goodbadflix.com as well as uh, escapistmagazine.com and uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, goodbadflix. I'm tired. I'm always tired. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.